Today we're going to be talking about Cars 3, 47 meters down, and the Book of Henry, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, is fearful that the world will someday be taken over by sharks on land. Hey. <laughs> truly am. That's terrifying. Don't tease me like that, Joel. I, they, well, you know, I think there is a there is a realistic threat of that happening one day here, Matt. And I am here, everybody, <laughs> with Joel wishes every movie could be like 47 meters down Cunningham. Well, I'm more excited about that than I am about some of the other, well, one of the other films that we're going to be talking about today. Come on. I would, I'm more likely to accept that. <laughs> Come on. I guess I would say, It's yeah. better than land sharks. That's like saying that you'd prefer to have flying scorpions rather than just regular <laughs> scorpions. I Between flying scorpions and land sharks, I don't know where, I don't know which one is worse or better. They're, in that they're equally terrifying. I, I will say this probably more threatening if it's a land shark than it is a giant scorpion, but... I don't know. They don't really have opposable thumbs, so you could pretty much just shut the door. And... Hey, do you remember Moana? They <laughs> I did that do. In Moana. He's, I do. He's like a land shark for a yeah, little bit. He's that got is like true. People legs and shark torso. The only thing that's worse than a land shark is a land shark with a chainsaw. I feel like it's probably <laughs> slightly... yeah. Now, now we're yeah. just cre- going into we're crazy getting really territory. crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome to the Real Review, everybody. So, this is what we do here on the Real Review. Matt and I talk about sharks and flying scorpions. We love it. it. Yeah. So, well, Matt, actually, so for a brief synopsis, kind of the show, how it breaks down is Matt is sort of our uh, fan reviewer, as you will. Sure. They say kind of um, gives good uh, (laughs) emotionally charged reviews (laughs) of different uh, films that he has a chance to see. And I'm more of the critical uh, critic, I guess is the best way of putting it, the negative Nancy, if you will, of the group. Negative Ned. Yeah. That likes to break things down really uh over the toply critical. So, yeah, so that's how the show goes. And we put that whole thing together and give you what we consider to be a real honest perspective and review on the we films we get to see. Put a pretty bow on it for you. Yeah, there we go. And we ship it to you through FedEx. Yep. Sponsored or, by FedEx. Or <laughs> I'm just kidding. Podcasting services. There you go. Very awesome. So why don't you uh, tell our listeners here, uh, just really at the beginning, uh, a few different ways you can get connected with us. You know, you all can get connected with us a number of different ways, but one of them would be our website, realreviewmedia.com. And uh, you can actually connect to our social media universe through there as well over at uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Real Review Media, and then also on our Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. And we're always posting on there, keeping things up to date. Um, we try. Yeah, trying to make things interesting and lively for you. So check Keep in with fresh. us there. Yeah. And then also uh, send us an email with questions. If you uh, if you think uh, a review or a perspective that we have on a movie <laughs> is just out of there, out there too much for you, you disagree with or you agree with, let us know. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. Yes. We would love to hear from you. That would be amazing. Yes. And uh, we always like uh, getting comments and feedback on our podcast, so definitely feel free to send any of that over. So- yeah. yeah. Awesome. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be talking about three films today, um, two of which I had a chance to see, one of which you had a chance to see, correct, Matt? Yes. Um, so I'm going to be reviewing Cars 3 as well as The Book of Henry, and then you're going to be talking about 47 Meters Down, the, Indeed. the shark film. The shark fest. Yes, the shark fest. So 
Um, why don't we kick things off then? Get things in into gear. Oh, hey. let's put these uh, tires to put the these road. Tires here. to the road, yeah, and kick it off. Uh, starting off with Cars Three. <laughs> so, uh, this film is obviously the third in the Cars franchise made by Pixar. Uh, this film's synopsis is: Lightning McQueen sets out to prove to a new generation of racers that he's still the best car in the world. He's the best around, right, Matt? Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Brian Fee, and it stars uh, a number of different voice actors. Owen Wilson again returns as Lightning McQueen. Uh, you have Cristela Alonso, who does the voice of Cruz, who's kind of his trainer, motivational uh, coach, if you will. More of a motivational coach at the beginning of the film than a trainer. Um, you have Chris Cooper, who is the voice of Smokey. Nathan Fillion, who I was actually surprised to see and happy to see in this, uh, plays Sterling, who's uh, sort of his manager. Um, and then uh, Larry the Cable again, as Mater. And Army Hammer, who is the antagonist of the story, plays Jackson Storm. Uh, and then you have a huge, you know, uh, returning cast, again, of most of the characters um, from the prior to mostly the first film. So, yeah. So I will say this, you know, we talked about this in the coming soon episode with Cars. Um, I wasn't super excited for this. I've never been a huge, big fan of the Pixar Cars you know, series. Same here. Yeah. Um, it's never really intrigued me all that much. And I think the biggest reason for it that I, that I mentioned is that it, with most of the Pixar films, they're much more relatable to me because they generally tend to take place within a human environment, within a human world. Right. And they have laws and rules that are, you know, cohesive to their film, but it also fits within a human realm and a human environment. Whereas with this film, everything is completely cars. There is nothing that except, they sometimes will do like hits, not hits, but like uh, teases about other films within the Pixar thing. And there's these weird, I don't know if you've ever got a chance to read all the different stories about how maybe all the Pixar films connect on the right. timeline of the Pixar yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. But there's all these different like ideas that, you know, maybe this takes place in some weird future, you know, where like a meteor hits or something and the <laughs> cars come to life or yeah. something like that. Like there's just all these different weird theories about it. I tend to feel like they don't really necessarily tie in that way. I feel like this film series is in itself, it's just an idea that they had and yeah, they kind of yeah. developed it through. Um, so I will say for this film, a couple of good things kind of at the start. Uh, animation again, Pixar always, for the most part at least, has done really well with their animation style. And even with this film, there was just a couple shots in particular uh, with lighting and the way that they played the animated lighting off of different things. I mean, even the way that the light would reflect off of the headlights of certain cars and it just looks so very real. Mm -hmm. And then there's a scene, you know, where Owen Wilson is talking or Lightning McQueen is talking to Cruz and it's kind of like this this almost Twilight-esque type shot, but there's light coming out of the back of um, one of the cars and the way it like bounced off it. And I was just like, wow, that that almost looks photorealistic, right. you know? And they've done a really good job with that and consistently upping the game every single time. I feel like they've kind of maybe plateaued a little bit you know, just because how much further can you go? Pixar's um, Pixar has just been the best when it comes yeah. to uh, in environments and structures. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they haven't done like anything like completely real as far as like people or like yeah. uh, animals for the most part. But um, yeah, with structures and stuff like that, absolutely. Even the trailers for Cars Three is like wow, it's pretty impressive. Right. I mean, some of the the racing shots that they did, even with like the little bits of rubber, you know, bouncing off the road. And it, it just, it really screamed like, wow, visually pretty awesome. I'd say that they've done other films like The Good Dinosaur that probably had overall a better uh, animation look 
um, as far as like photorealism goes. I didn't like that film animation style wise because it felt like everything was super photorealistic except for the characters, which were very cartoony. Which were very cartoony, right, and it felt yeah. like, oh, we just need to sell products, <laughs> so we have to make these cartoony. I felt the same way. Yeah. So this one, it felt like it was a better balance, you know, than specifically the Good Dinosaur of being somewhat photorealistic, but also being a little bit cartoony. It didn't feel like those were really, you know, juxtaposed from each other. Um, music is fine. Sound design is good and pretty great at times. I mean, everything looks, I mean, sounds the way that you would think that it would sound in the certain environments and with the racing. So I had no complaints there. Voice acting wise, it wasn't, I I would say there wasn't really too much that was needed to be there voice acting wise. I mean, it was, it wasn't crazy stuff going on. It was pretty much, it it felt like everybody did a good job. It didn't feel like they did an amazing job with the voice acting. It It would be hard to request more of them this far into the series. I think they're just. I, I didn't have a huge expectation in that regard. I guess. Yeah. Um, there was a couple. But the one funny thing about the voice acting, though, is I don't know if you've seen that clip of Owen Wilson where the person went through and went to every film that he's been in and took um, just the clips of him going, "Wow, really? Wow, wow, <laughs> yeah." And he says, "Wow," like three times wow. in this movie. It's his thing, you know. Everybody has like the Tom yeah. Cruise running. Um, I forget. Uh, What's his name? Does all the peeing every time? What? Uh, Tom Hanks in Tom every Hanks. one of his movies, he pretty much pees oh, in every really? one of his movies. Okay. Yeah, I didn't it's know just that. like certain actors. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, Arnold always, ah, ah, you yeah. know, so it's like there's caricatures and things that are in each of the. So that's kind of <laughs> Owen Wilson's things. He always goes, "Wow, wow," and there's, yeah. So that was definitely a part of it. Um, it did feel like there was just there wasn't an intensity to a lot of the the language and the dialogue and everything felt very straightforward and simple with this film mm-hmm. where it felt like with the first film the stakes were a little bit higher um, and this kind of goes into then where I would say the film was lacking um, it's a kids film you know they make these this film in particular and these films by Pixar to really primarily talk to a child audience and right. one of the things that Pixar though has done so well in the past is. Yes, they're kid films, but they deal with and dwell into thematic elements that are of a deeper nature. You know, meaning, purpose, existence, uh, death, survival, loss, depression. I mean, when you talk about Up, the first, you know, 10 minutes of Up with, you know, finding out what's happening there. Just it can be really heartfelt and really touching. This one didn't really get to any heights of that level. And I think the biggest reason for that is it felt very, everything felt very staged. It felt very much like, okay, I know exactly where this is going from A to B to C to D. And you kind of, they, they flagged everything and you could see exactly where it was going. And there was like maybe one minor twist that you could kind of talk about in regard to I don't want to talk about too many spoilers that here. Jackson Storm is actually Lightning McQueen's dad. Yes. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. No, Cruz, who's his trainer. Tom? Yes, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was confused. A lot though. of running in this movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Tom uh, Cruz Ramirez, who's played, played voice acted by this uh, girl, Cristela Alonzo, she is kind of his trainer at the beginning because he. the whole point of the film is that he's kind of at an age as a car, which I guess cars have ages. It's like Rocky Five or whatever. Yeah, where he's kind of reaching retirement and he should retire and he should look to get out of the race because he's, you know, reached his peak and there's other newer racers with better tech and faster abilities that are kind of coming into it. And it was, I mean, it's an interesting concept because, it, you know, it delves into 
you know, what do, what do you do when, you, when you've kind of reached your peak or your zenith and your height? And then how do you retire out of that when you're a person that's like really driven to be successful at a certain thing? And that's something that I, you know, would think of in the future and would kind of move towards that. I think a child audience probably really doesn't care too much about that, to be completely honest. So all the I kids mean, in the audience are like, man, I've really peaked and this, this movie's really good. Yeah, exactly. This time. <laughs> man, this, you know, those tens were pretty much the peak of my life, peak of my existence. No, I mean, it's like, it, it that's what they dwell into though. And that's what they really talk about thematically. And it wasn't that interesting. And that was kind of the big problem with mm. it is they talk about, you know, him retiring and getting out of this racing world and he's kind of cheated, you know, or made fun of by the other cars and attacked by the, the sports casters and stuff for being this, you know, antiquated model and all this other ah. stuff. And as well, it, it, it's difficult as well. And this is just as an adult, I think kids probably wouldn't maybe think about this too much, but it's just difficult as, as an adult because it's like, well, why doesn't he just get a new engine? You know, and right. they talk about that a little bit because he kind of gets like this upgraded paint job. But then later on, they're like, oh no, you don't need that. But it's like, well, what's wrong with like, you know, getting a replacement part that would make him ride, ride, ride faster or race fast? You know what I mean? They yeah. almost treat it like, they like almost treat it like, yeah, like, cor- like, uh, like, f- like drugs. Like these people are taking like bad things or doing bad things in order to make them more successful. <laughs> but then later on in the script, you realize that it's really not that bad because they don't really have a reason to feel like they're bad. It's just that he's old and they're young and. So I don't know. I, they never really explain it. Kind of, it's just very ambiguous and unclear as to like what the real issue with any of the the younger racers is. Beyond just you know, you like you're supposed to like Lightning McQueen, and you're supposed to want to see him be successful because he's Lightning McQueen, and he's not being successful, and so you should want him to succeed. And that's just never really good. The stakes weren't there. Gotcha. Um, that's what I would really say. And so. You finally get to like the last quarter of the movie and they've flagged this whole relationship that he's had with um, Cruz kind of the whole way through that she's this wannabe racer girl that kind of missed her shot. And he's talking about like how he was trained and, you know, Lightning was trained by these other you know guys and how it was other people were trained and how they had to grow and, you know, get out of racing and how that impacts them. And it's very obvious where they're going. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but it it pretty much goes in the direction of like, well, who's, what does success really mean? You know, does it, does success mean that you personally win or does it mean that you can help other people become successful in their own right once you're at a place that you can do that? Like cool runnings, like they don't actually win, but yeah. they carry their bobsled across the finish line. Exactly. Okay. It's, a, it's a win for <laughs> morals and for, you know, doing okay. the right thing by the right people. In and Jamaica. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it in a way I get it, but I also didn't go to the movie wanting to see any, not that I really cared, but in a small facet, I wanted to only really see Lightning win. I didn't really care about anybody else seeing him win so it kind of felt like a bit of a like staged like well you know we got to do something with them and it, he can't just always win so we've got to change this up so it's like a different car and different so yeah i'm probably giving a little too much away there it's all um, good <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the the last the last kind of 20 minutes or so of the movie it it's like it's kind of slowly getting to this point where you're like you want to almost at a point reach the screen and not that you could but like hit the car and be like you're an idiot like you know that this is where it's going. I mean, like all the signs are saying this and you're still being stupid and saying this. And so it just, it it wasn't super effectively done. I think if yeah. they had had, I think the biggest, the biggest problem with this um, type of type of situation, and they do this a lot is that, the okay, so to use the Rocky example, right? Yep. Rocky in Rocky uh crud. I forget which one it was. Nineteen. Nineteen. Thirty six. Yeah. But it's always a battle of 
not just the external you know the fighter the other fighter that he has to overcome whether it's mm-hmm. the you know the the german guy the russian sorry the russian guy was he i think he's russian yeah yeah the russian guy or it's some american fighter but it's also a battle of the internal it's a battle of can i overcome my own insecurities my own fears and misgivings and push through and power through to be able to become successful yeah. and that was more at the forefront okay. it was more of the most of the Rocky, even the first Rocky movie, he doesn't win. Yeah, you know, but it's more of just him saying, "I could win. I can do this. I can stand. I more. I can stand toe to toe with the best in the world, and and overcome. You know, being beat down like Creed, even right, exactly. <laughs> and so with this movie, it it was trying to play like a happy line between him having an antagonist in you know like uh, in Jackson Storm, but also have an internal struggle that he had to overcome but then the internal struggle just led him to helping another person in a way another car become successful so it's not it's not like a one-to-one ratio it's very disconnected it's like so he needs to become successful so that in his own mindset he can help another car if you will become successful so it makes the struggle less interesting you know what i mean yeah so i'm hoping i'm explaining that well enough. Yeah, I think you got it. So overall, I was just kind of bored with it because okay. I'm like, maybe if it was like a direct correlation of him versus Jackson Storm and trying to overcome his own in person, in his own internal kind of mindsets to be strong enough, right? That would have been fine. But it's like I don't want you to, I don't want you to overcome your own internal mindsets just so that way you can say, well, yeah, now I've overcome them, but it's not about me. Now somebody else has to be successful, and that probably sounds a little selfish maybe it's better maybe it's better for kids that they learn that kind of moral but it just didn't make for good filmmaking filmmaking in this film all right so that's kind of all i would say about cars three okay um i think like on a humor level it was okay there was nothing anywhere that maybe really laugh out loud there was a couple kind of chuckle moments there was very there wasn't anything unexpected about it it was kind of flat i would say as far as you know what happens and when happens where and um, the funniest part, I think the, actually the best part of the film for me was in the middle and they do this like crazy eight race okay. and that was kind of like the funniest, best part. And there's some pretty ridiculous stuff that happens cause he accidentally goes into this, uh, destruction derby. Oh, nice. And so that's kind of fun and it's kind of playful, but it's not, that's like the best. That's like the most action. Oh, they show some of that in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and there's yeah. some funny stuff that happens there and that kind of plays through, but that's like the best part gotcha. of the entire movie. Other okay. than that, I was just like, okay. All right. I, I mean, well, yeah, I wasn't expecting that much. Yeah. Out of it, I mean, but. they're like, they need to finish off the series. I'm interested to, in a small way to see if they like try and continue it with different cars. They're going to do something because they feel like they've invested way too much in their stuff at yeah. California Adventure, Disneyland, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, this is great from a marketing standpoint because it allows them Toys. to add, yeah, like five or six more cars yeah. to their their arsenal of cars so yeah more toys toys and stuff so okay so on a scale rating um one to 100 i'm gonna give this movie and it's tough to do to pixar but i'm gonna give this one a c plus okay i'm gonna give it about a 70 kind of seven range okay. 78 it's tough to do because again there is a lot of good things to it as far as the animation voice sure. acting's okay but there just wasn't anything that really like made me interested. I don't want to see this again. Yeah. I'm not going to say like, I'm going to go watch it. It's great. It's really enjoyable. The humor's not really there. Yeah. There's no real suspense. So yeah. All right. Cool, yeah. man. Any thoughts? No. Questions? Comments? That's, that's it. I just kind of want to yeah. get your, that's exactly kind of what I thought it was going to be. And hey, there yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm hoping for better things from Pixar. I mean, they've kind of, 
they've done really good things in the past and now they've kind of gotten to this weird mode where their films are just okay. I know they're doing another Toy Story film, I think, and yeah. they're doing another Incredibles film. And one of the well, things the, I, the Incredibles one is way overdue. They should have done that forever ago. I know. My fear <laughs> is that it's past. It's like past due in a sense. Never. So, but it's yeah. like Pixar's X Men. Come on. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So awesome. Well, with that then. We're going to move on to another film, Matt, where you're going to have a chance to talk a lot more. Yeah. Hey, so swim on over here with me, Joel. I'm floating. We're going to be talking about, (laughs) we're going to be talking about 47 meters down. Now, this is about two sisters vacationing in Mexico who are trapped in a shark cage at the bottom of the ocean with less than an hour of oxygen left and great white sharks circling nearby. They must fight to survive. This is directed by Johannes Roberts. And stars Mandy Moore, Claire Holt, Chris Johnson, Yanni Gilman, Matthew Modine as well. Well, Joel, we got a chance to talk about this last week on our coming soon a little bit. <laughs> Boy, did we. Now, here's I'm the gonna thing. I'm going to try and keep most of my this thoughts movie, to myself. Okay, here. so listen, this is this is kind of what I was saying. This movie is not a good movie. <laughs> okay? Okay. All right? I did find enjoyment in it. Okay. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I did find enjoyment of it. Mainly because this this movie does one thing effectively, and that's prey on my fear of the ocean. Yes, and the terrifying creatures that could potentially be in the ocean. Right. Yeah, that one day will be overtaken by sharks. Right. <laughs> Land <laughs> sharks. Land sharks. Yes, <laughs> they will learn to breathe air and walk. Um, the 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 setup for this movie is atrocious. <laughs> okay. Um, it's uh two sisters, like I was saying. So it's uh, Claire Holt and Mandy Moore's character, and they're like just they happen to be you know, just on the beach somewhere and they're like, you know, she just broke up with her boyfriend or whatever and she's like trying to prove that she <laughs> is a fun person to be around. So she ends up, like her sister kind of talks her into doing this daring thing, like this shark dive um, to, you know, do something exciting to kind of like <laughs> be like, see, you know, your boyfriend's wrong. He thinks you're boring. You're not boring. You're doing a shark diving. It Like yeah. that. The... um the acting is subpar for the most part, even for Mandy Moore, who I think is really good, especially in this is us. Yeah. Um, it's not as good in this. Yeah. Uh, and then the dialogue is really bad too, especially in the beginning. It doesn't matter as much later on in the movie because it's very, it's limited because of just the situation that they're in. Um, but, all of the ocean stuff, mm-hmm. I, I will say this, just the stuff that I liked about it, it does a great job at just preying, preying on that on that fear of people's, like sharks. If, yeah, if you're scared of sharks, it does Yes, there's legit that. a line in the movie where she's like, she's like swimming over this like, like she's like on the ground, like she's like swimming close to the ground, like yeah. to like, and like in between the rocks. So like if a shark comes, like it won't get her or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then she gets to the end. It's like a cliff and you can't see down the bottom. She, but she's got to go to this place across the thing. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I swim in open water. Like, and so she like, she starts swimming out there and she's like, I don't like this. I can't see anything that's below me. Yeah. I can't see anything around me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how I feel when I'm in the ocean. Like, <laughs> I, I don't feel like, like it. you. Like, I don't like this. Yeah. And the whole time um, in the, in the part leading up and I, it was cheesy in the way that, that it was presented in the movie. Mandy Moore was kind of freaking out. Like, I don't want to do this. Her sister was kind of peer pressuring her into this right. shark dive. Yeah. Cause she wants to be fun. And the whole time yeah. Mandy Moore's like, I don't like, this. this is not a good idea. I really don't want to do this. This is not a good idea. And, and, I felt that. I felt mm. that. I'm like, I kind of, I kind of feel you a little bit on this, Mandy Moore. That's not, 
I'm I'm on your side here. Yeah. Um, I will say this: the sharks looked really great. Yeah. Um, the I was the, gonna ask how the the CG was. CG. It was yeah, it was CGI. better. Um, the CG for the most part, I thought was yeah. better in this movie than it was in the shallows. I like the shallows better as a film as a whole. Yeah. But the CG as a whole was better in this movie. Yeah. Um, how was? I don't want to interrupt your flow. No, go here. for it. Go how for it. was? The one thing I would feel like they would just fail at miserably is creating a realistic set of scenarios that would kind of lead into a lot of the action set pieces. I mean, do you feel like they did a decent job doing that? Or was it kind of just like, well, now we need this thing to happen, or now we want something scary to happen, so we're going to make this take place, or that take place? It was... You know, um, was it stupidly handled as far as the plot developments and the action set pieces? Yeah, well, for some reason... um the it's the the way that they end up at the very bottom in the shark cage at the bottom of the ocean floor yeah. at that part yeah um it's like wow that would take a lot of force for that to happen okay and because so the not, initial it's not like a, it's it's not like a cable snaps like it shows in the trailer like you think it's just a cable snap and they're at the bottom of the ocean right <laughs> and you're like oh it's that's not how it happens I don't want to spoil it but it's it's just kind of like wow it would take an incredible amount of force for how they got down there to get down there. Yeah. Um, so it was probably wasn't well thought out scientifically (laughs) (laughs) or rationale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of easily like kind of overlooked because you're like, great. Now we're in the middle of the ocean and you kind of just feel the sense of dread that they have. Yeah. Um, and there were some cool shots with the with the sharks, some surprises. There was one ripoff from Pitch Black. That was like it's in the trailer too. The one thing I will say about this is the trailer gives away, and this is a negative thing. The trailer gives away almost every single time uh, that a shark like either eats somebody or like almost eats somebody. Like you see almost every one of those. Like if you watch a trailer, the shark's yeah. mouth going. Rah, rah, it shows you know? everybody <laughs> it that's shows... going to get eaten, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there aren't any other ones on you know in addition to that. Um, and it's it kind of gives a lot of that stuff away. Even the one like surprising, like as you would say, uh, the money shot of this like um that that I'm saying is kind of a pitch black ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh that scene is in the trailer too. So it's 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 a scene in the trailer where they're like in the dark and she lights a torch and there's like three sharks like about to like eat them. <laughs> yeah. And then the freaks them out and then they swim away. <laughs> and I was just like this yeah, they gave that a part away in the trailer. So I don't I don't know what they were thinking with that. It's not a good movie as a whole. I didn't like the ending. There's there's not really any closure. Uh, you don't really get a sense of going on. And some of the twists are very, very telegraphed. Yeah. Um, they say something and you're like, why would they say that? Oh, they're probably going to use that as a plot device later on. Yeah. Um, and then they also like state obvious things uh, a lot. And they do it, that to set up things also down the road. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I felt like this movie was something that Johannes was like, Hey, I just saw this movie called The Shallows, and I remember Jaws 2, not Jaws 2, but the first Jaws, and uh, I kind of want to make a shark movie, <laughs> and yeah, let's do this. This movie was supposed to go to VOD directly, right. um, and then they it got picked up. I think, it was, I think it's been in development for a really long time, because um, I think it was before Mandy Moore even got This Is Us, and mm. so it's it's been sitting around for a while. It probably could have gone straight to, to VOD and it would yeah. have been all right. But I, I think it was fun in the theater. <laughs> so whenever you go to scary movies in the theater, it's not yeah. it's not scary. But whenever there's jump scares, yeah, um, there's people. It's really, really fun to see how people react. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> a person next to me. Like, we're sitting in the front row where you can like kind of prop your feet up on these bars, you know. Yeah. 
and uh, well, it's not the very front because that'd be terrible, but it's like in the midsection where there's this bar and you can put your feet up in the front and there's a person like three seats over from me and like this shark comes out of nowhere and you just see their feet <laughs> flail in the air. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the time <laughs> where, remember when we, go, we went to go see, it was Wonder Woman and um, wait, was it you and me and the popcorn person? I don't remember. I'm not sure if I recall Anyways, right at the moment. It was either... It's either you and me or you, me and Phil. I don't remember. I see movies really late at night. And yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to remember details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was sitting there and <laughs> something happened. and Because um, we did see Wonder Woman together. Right, right, right. So, yeah, and something happened. There's this guy like two rows in front of us and something happened. And his arms go up and his popcorn flies Oh, everywhere. I remember that. You yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was sitting like two rows from the front almost. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what. It, I think he tripped though. <laughs> he was sitting down he tripped, though. Yeah, but he was, he, I think he, it sounded like he was walking back. Oh, okay. And he Anyways, just tripped, yeah. Totally but, unrelated. I know what you're saying. Because I saw, what was that recent one that came out that had a lot of jump scares? Um, mm, what did you see? Um, sorry, the uh, mummy, the mummy. mummy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lady. I, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lady, <laughs> a large lady, sitting next to me. And she just kept going, "Oh my dear lord!" <laughs> every time something would jump out, it was pretty sad but funny. Yeah. yeah. So, um, forty-seven meters down wasn't great. It wasn't even really a good film, but it did. It was effective in kind of you know making me still afraid of going in the ocean yeah <laughs> yeah all right so I, i'll give it that um but I, if if you want to go see it if you like shark movies is that something that that you think would be thrilling if that's scary to you go check it out maybe it's a fun thing in the theater other than that just wait for it to come out uh you'll probably see it on netflix in, in a month and a half all right and um yeah if i had to if i had to rate this thing yes one to a hundred yep um i'd probably give it a 68 okay yeah 68. Um, not quite into that 70 territory, but probably give it a 68. I think it would be a, a gotcha. fair, reasonable thing <laughs> because... Yeah. When do you think they'll release the uh, 48 meters down? 40, ooh, <laughs> that's a great title. It's going to happen. I'm just telling you right now. Oh this one gosh. does even moderately well in theaters. I don't, I don't think it's doing well, though. It probably isn't. Um, it came out on a week where every other movie came yeah, out. Yeah, you got every other <laughs> movie coming out. It wasn't very good to begin with. Wonder Woman know, so. only dropped like 30%. Yeah, in we'll have to wait and see how week. it does, because if it does really well, and if it does go to VOD and yeah. you know does really well there on the Netflix and kind of the red box mar- yeah. market and circuit, then they might make a I, I would think that they would most likely go direct that one might go to directly to VOD but you know the next shark movie we're looking forward to is Meg with Jason Statham fighting a 40 foot <laughs> you use that term we're very loosely shark <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm looking forward I'm speaking to that one for both of us guys Meg yeah, yeah. coming soon to a theater I'm you. looking forward to Jason Statham Jason Statham taking on Sharks. Yeah. I am looking forward to that. That'll be fun. I feel like it'll be that's fun. That's the only aspect of it that I'm looking Anyways. forward to. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so that's anyway. it for 47 Meters Down. Yes. All right. So when uh, let's move on to our final film we're going to be talking about here. Um, and this one, I'm actually glad that we're putting at the end because Matt might need to run out of the room uh, as I talk about this film. Uh, the film we're talking about is Book of Henry. And the reason I'm saying that is... This film is very contentious, is what I would say. It's getting very polar opposite, in a way, type reviews. So on there's no tomato, middle ground uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Correct. This has got a 24, you know, average uh, critic 
review, but the audience score is at 71%. <laughs> I feel like that's where I'll be at. <laughs> yes. And you might be very much, but the reason for it, and I will say this hands down is very much the reason for it, has to do with the plot. Okay. Which you hate having spoiled for you. And that's what I'm saying. You might need to run out of the room as I'm talking about this. And I'm going to do my best. Do your best. To tiptoe around this. to leave to whatever, I will leave. But yeah. start with what you liked. I will start with what I liked. Yes. The one thing that I definitely think was great about this film uh, was the cinematography. I think they did a very effective and good job of portraying things um, strongly and well in each of the shots and there were some pretty creative type shots that they did at times especially with some of the more um, intense moments and some of the more kind of dramatic moments um, it wasn't amazing so it's not like going to blow anybody out of the water I don't think it's going to win any awards for it um, but you had the so let me actually read the description and okay, the synopsis yeah, yeah, for yeah, this yeah, real yeah. quick um, so with instructions from her genius son's carefully crafted notebook a single mother sets out to rescue a young girl from the hands of her abusive stepfather um, it stars a, a few different people Naomi Watts as Subin, Susan Carpenter uh, Jaden Lieber here I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name as Henry Carpenter and Jacob Tremblay as Peter Carpenter so they're kind of the um, mother and and two sons. You have Sarah Silverman as uh, Naomi Watts' uh, friend Sheila, uh, Dean Norris, who everybody knows from Breaking Bad fame, who Hank. stars as yep Glenn. Uh, he's kind of the main antagonist of sorts in the film. And then you have uh, Maddie Ziegler, who's Christina, who's the the next door neighbor girl, who um, I haven't seen anything before, and honestly, she. Didn't impress me too much. She was kind of very flat and monotone. Although the role did kind of call for that, I think she got cast more so because of things and events that happen later on in the film, um, specifically a talent that she needs to have for a okay. talent show that takes place. I feel like that was maybe more of it, um, more of why she got cast in that role gotcha. potentially. Gotcha. Um, Naomi Watts does a good job here. I think uh, she does a decent acting job. So to back to the cinematography though, um, this partnered up uh, Colin Trevor, Trevorrow. Like tomorrow, yep. That's yep, how I remember. With <laughs> John Schwartzman um, again, and they've worked together on projects before, specifically Jurassic World. So uh, Colin Trevorrow is the director, and then you have uh, John Schwartzman as the cinematographer. And I think they've had a lot of experience together. They've worked together, and I think they do decent visuals. Um, one thing I would say about Jurassic World, they did a good job with the visual style. I really liked the cinematography in Jurassic World. Most of my problem came down to the script. Mm -hmm. And the actual story, right. which is the same with this film, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which I won't right, get right. into yet. But <laughs> so uh, some other aspects that I like, I think they did good with the editing. Everything felt uh, well paced and well structured editing wise. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, sound wise, decent, like audio sounds, music, decent. I think they did a pretty good job with that. Um, acting wise, it definitely required a lot out of a few of the kids um, and specifically Naomi Watts. And I think she did a good job in this. I wouldn't say that it's, I mean, she might get nominated for something potentially, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, w I wouldn't personally feel like she deserves to win for this, even though she did a good effective job. She plays like this mother who's kind of this child in a way right. that has motherly instincts but also is a child at the same time and then relies a lot on her son Henry mm -hmm. to kind of do the day-to-day -day type stuff around the house including finances and all right. this stuff and so that's 
part of the good and the bad stuff. Um, I would also say, so I think Jaden did a decent job. I think um, their youngest son, Jacob, did a good job. Um, the two roles that I really felt like were just flat, and it might have been the directing, but really didn't do a very good job to me, were actually Dean Norris, um, who's the main antagonist guy. He was completely flat to me almost the entire movie. And you've seen him in Breaking Bad. You've seen yeah, yeah, how yeah. like intense and funny and quirky and crazy. And he can do serious dramatic tension you know, later on in the series, but he can also be over-the-top ridiculous kind of jerk you know, guy. Right. And he really doesn't doesn't do doesn't do much for me in this film as well as his daughter uh in the film christina um who's played by the girl maddie who i mentioned so and that might just be more of a directing directing thing they play very flat characters they didn't have much of an arc they kind of just existed to be there as catalyst for the events that kind of took place sure uh, with naomi watts character as well as um jaden uh, who plays henry so getting into the bad stuff Hey, yes. How is Jacob Tremblay though? Because I think he's awesome. Uh, he's good. Okay, he did a really cool. good job. I I would say as yes, as far as one of the kid actors, I should mention he did a really good job. Okay, it cool. was very believable in the role. I mean, he he played kind of this dorky kid that kind of gets beat up, but then he had some really serious, kind of sad, crying moments, okay. you know. And he does a really good job with those. I think he's a kid that I would I would be on the lookout for. Cool for yeah. future roles. He was incredible in Room. I, yeah, was incredible. I didn't see Room, but yeah. he did a really good job here. I think one of the best actors in the film. Him and Naomi Watts, probably okay. the two best actors of the film. Cool. So to get into the bads, um, and we're not going to spend too much more time on this as well because we're coming up at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do want to talk about some of the bads. Um, maybe just plug your ears and go, la, 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 la. No, well, are you going to give away plot stuff like right now? Well, no. Here, I'll try to do it in a way that it doesn't give anything away, but I, I, I might give away some some like shifts. Okay, because okay, 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 okay. This film is... This is what I would say about the film. It's two films. Watch the trailer, and I think yes. you could determine that from the trailer. Yes, but it's very much being projected as one particular type of film. You know, I, in seeing the trailer, made a joke where it almost felt like Home Alone, but with, like, dramatic family tension. Are you, like, holding your headphones I'm here? I'm getting ready you rip to take off? the headphones yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> I'll <laughs> warn you. He's <laughs> like, oh, my son of a... Yeah, yeah throw them at me, so Because I really want to yeah. see this movie. Yeah, okay. So um, there's two sides to the film, and I think if they had focused on one side or the other with the film and done a lot less with... Because it needed both parts of the plot in order to kind of progressed the way that it did. Okay. But it very distinctly had almost a um, action suspense, slight edge to it and tone to it of like this intrigue and mystery and suspense. But then the other side, it had this really dark, um, deep family, not deep necessarily, but just really dark family drama, you know, dealing with, you know, sadness and mourning and depression. And those two things... I think this is why maybe it gets such good ratings with um, with viewers versus um, critics. critics. I think on a critical level, when I look at those two elements, they're handled decently well on their own. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's why I'm saying like if they had just focused on one element or the other, then it would have been okay. But it really felt like they were trying to have their cake and eat it too. It really, really felt like they were trying to go for this like really like – intense craziness with the family stuff, but then also try and make that somehow relate into the realities and the reasons for why the events of the second part of the film sure. take place. And it didn't fit. And I think like, and not to say like, well, critics look at things more correctly, but <laughs> I think if you don't like 
want to go in and like analyze it, it does give you a very strong emotional presence and a very intense kind of in your face, like this is what it is. You know, this is how you should feel uh, type uh, of projection of, of film. But it doesn't do that well <laughs> in my mind. Sure. It felt like they could have been much simpler and much more realistic with the progression. I think this film was more about it, it felt like what they were trying to do is they were trying to make it like this lady played by Naomi and Naomi Watts struggling with depression and sadness and working through things, but is really not a good person in my mind in the film sure. and learning how to overcome that and be a better person. But it goes to such ridiculous heights of like, you're going there. Like really, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to be the thing that it actually ended up getting me upset and like really angry because it really wow. felt like they were just trying to oversell what they like they they didn't want it to just be kind of like this simple little drama yeah. type thing they wanted to go as dark and as crazy and as deep almost as they possibly could wow but try and try and still reel it in enough to make it like okay you know it's not like hard r it's I just figured you it know? out okay I figured out the twist did you the book of henry is the sequel to the book of eli that is exactly it oh my gosh there I you go da da no, not and at all. Denzel, the ghost, all. the ghost of Denzel is there. No, it felt like they were trying, like I said, have their cake and eat too. It felt like they were trying to make this a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. And if they had if solidly just gone for an R-rated film of one sort, of just making it a dark kind of, you know. Um, I keep thinking of Disturbia. Did you ever see that? It's like it's like Disturbia in a way meets Manchester by the Sea is yeah. how I would combine them. Okay. And it doesn't work because both of the films are distinctly different tones and feels and purposes and reasons right and they exist for completely different realities and i just ended up getting really ticked off mainly about the progression of the story but also with naomi watt's character because i felt like i didn't like her character anywhere throughout the film she is a very bad person in my mind like tom cruise in the mummy yeah and (laughs) well because if they'd gone for more of like a disturbia type thing then they they really needed to build up the antagonist throughout the film, um, Glenn, their next door neighbor, this guy, Dean, but he ends up being this really flat kind of simple guy. That's more there to almost be a catalyst for the craziness of, you know, Susan's character. And it, so it just, I was like, give him a little more badness. And he's don't, he's doing bad things. Don't get me wrong. He's like definitely doing bad things. He's being abusive towards his next door, but you don't even like, that's just portrayed. It's just like said that it's happened and you don't even really see the impacts of that beyond people just being upset. Gotcha. You know, and that's where I'm saying like, oh, they went for PG-13. Um, but then there's other areas where I'm like, why are you going this dark? Why are you going yeah. this intense and somber? I think if they had made the whole like story of her trying to figure out this book and go through this whole process kind of over the course of the movie kind of played throughout, then it would have been a lot more interesting to me. There would have been a lot more intrigue there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, kind of leave it at that okay and i think i that did was a good, good. Job. i thought yeah. you did a good job for okay. not spoiling i don't feel like i've been spoiled on anything yet so good job okay because there's a ton so of stop like, talking well <laughs> <laughs> i'm shut up right here no um i gotta give final thoughts but okay final uh, thoughts. what i would say to people as far as like approaching this movie don't look at it as like try to look at like i'm saying if you've seen manchester by the sea and you've seen disturbia try to think of it as more of a manchester by the sea with elements of disturbia that are kind of there to move the plot and to do different and accomplish different things. Um, 
I would also, yeah. So Disturbia by the Sea. It's Disturbia by the Sea. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So yeah. So that's kind of final thoughts on that. Um, rating for this, um, this is really tough for me to say because it's not like I'm like torn, but as far as like, like I said, editing, cinematography, acting is okay. Um, I would give it probably a pretty solid B plus, maybe A kind of range as far as like visually and music sure. design and everything and sound design and everything. But it, because of the plot. How <laughs> far does of, it bring it down, Joel? It brings it down so much to me. I would actually give this one probably like a D. Oh. Um, so it's probably okay. going to be close to like a 64 would it have been better if there were sharks <laughs> yeah it would have been better if the <laughs> okay. sharks that's the immediate answer okay yes sharks with chainsaws would have propelled this to a whole nother Shark no saws. i mean it would have ruined it probably but <laughs> this film to me it needed to be one or one or the other and it became too much okay and it went ridiculously bad because of what they were trying to say and do. And I was like, why are you going there? I will. I do want to follow up with this, though. I, I want to try to. Yeah. yeah. Well, after I, you've seen it. I'm going to talk about this when I see it. I'm going yes. to talk about it. I do want to do like a part two. So we yeah. can call this like the part one. Once you've had a chance to see it and we can talk about it again, whether it's a week from now or a month from now or a year sure. from now. <laughs> We're like a year from now. Part two of our review of Book of Henry. Um, and just get your thoughts, though. Yeah. Um, no, that's... That's it. Uh, and that's kind of what I've been reading from critics. You yeah. Know? That's what I've been saying. That's pretty. But I did look at that split in the audience score and the, and the critic score. I was like, eh, I feel like I might be more on the other side, but we'll see. Yeah. So I think that's what, well, having a part yeah. two would as be beneficial. As a fan, it'll be interested to see like yeah. the fan perspective on that, <laughs> on that film. As a critic, I'm just like, I'm flabbergasted like, about no the decisions thanks. that they made. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. So we're going to go ahead and uh, end things on the podcast then. We want to give you a couple reminders of ways to get connected before we do sign off. And uh, that can be, you can find us then on our website, which is realreviewmedia.com. You can check us out there, sign up for our newsletter. Then additionally, we have our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. And we'd love to connect with you on there as well as our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at realreviewmedia. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear thoughts on any of these films. Maybe uh, you have a more of a different-sided view on the Book of Henry that you would like to share with us and tell us maybe why you thought it was uh, such a good film. Incredible. Such an incredible film, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, so you can shoot us an email, which is realreviewmedia at gmail.com, uh, and let us know about that. I will say, you know, I went and saw this movie with uh, two other people. Sharks? And they both know okay. sharks, thankfully. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know any sharks personally. Flying scorpions. Although that would be fun to have a friend shark. But yeah. <laughs> um, they both disliked the movie as well, but they didn't anywhere nearly dislike it as much as me oh. they, they were like yeah it's not good but i'm like i i was i hate i hate i was angered i was i was walking out ready to punch like a screen really yeah i mean sorry yeah, oh my so. goodness cool so uh, anything further than matt before we uh we end no that's it <laughs> right. well then it's been real it's been real <laughs>